This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hello and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast, a place where we talk about all things 5D, spirituality, higher consciousness, and beyond. I'm so glad that you're here for another episode. Come on in. Hello, guys, and welcome. I have a very exciting guest today, Alice Bell. Alice and I met when we did an event together. We combined astrology with Kundalini for the 1221 portal in 2021. It was a really exciting time. And I am just so excited to introduce her here today to talk all about astrology. As you guys know, if you've been following me on Instagram, it's something that I've been talking about a lot. It's been something I'm trying to learn more about. And Alice has such a great way of presenting this material. I think you're going to love to hear her story and all the wisdom she's going to share today. So Alice, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited too. Of course. Can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Tell us how you started on this journey and anything that you feel guided to share. Yes. So um, my name is Alice Bell. I am based in New York City. I'm 29 years old and I discovered astrology about four and a half years ago um, at the very start of 2018. So before that time, I mean, I had grown up in the South in Nashville and like religion was a huge thing down there. I didn't really know that there were like alternative forms of spirituality. So I wasn't, I had never really like been involved with astrology or tarot or anything of that sort. Um, So this interest came up pretty randomly. I remember I was sitting at my desk at work. So I was, I was actually a fashion assistant at Vogue. Um, I thought my dream career was to work in fashion and be an editor. Um, and when I got to that job, I was obsessed with it. Like that was my dream job up until that point. But I feel like there was a certain point in that job where I was looking for something with greater meaning. And that's when astrology entered the picture. Um, so I taught myself how to read my chart at my desk when work was slow. And it kind of started of like this guy that I was interested in wasn't texting me back and I wanted to know our astrological compatibility. So it really started with like wanting to understand relationship dynamics through astrology. Um, and then it morphed into, oh, I have an actual birth chart. I'm more than just being an Aquarius. Um, let me dive deeper into exploring this. And so as I Googled and read books and, kind of learned what all those different elements of my chart, like what's my moon sign, what's my rising, what's my Venus, what are the houses, as we'll get into, I'm sure, throughout this episode. Um, That's really what piqued my interest and got me to like an obsession level with astrology because I feel like it fully explained my personality in a way that reading a weekly horoscope didn't necessarily do. Um, So that was my entry point into astrology, and that was early 2018, and from there... Um, my interest became my business. So it grew slowly over the course of, a, of about a year. And then I quit my job in fashion to be a full-time astrologer in 2019. It's incredible. I love that. And I love how you brought up the birth chart because I remember the first time I entered my information into like CoStar, the app, and learned that I don't just have a sun sign. We have our moon and our rising sign. And I remember the moment where I found out that my rising sign was Leo. And I was like, I do not come off as a Leo. There is no way I'm a Leo. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a Leo. I can't believe I never 
saw this before in myself. So it really does like expose so much of you and bring so much awareness to who you are and your personality and how you're perceived by others. It's so interesting. Yeah, we're both Leo Risings. I feel like I had that same reaction too. I like didn't fully understand what the rising sign was or I, I felt like Leo wasn't resonating at first, but then the more I studied astrology, I was like, wait, I actually act more Leo than I act Aquarius. That's how I feel at times. And I, I just mm-hmm. connect so much to that. So can you explain to us the difference? Because most people know their sun sign and that's a sign yeah. of the month they were born in, um, you know, under mm-hmm. the dates where they were born in. But can you just describe like what a sun sign even means and where we might see that play mm-hmm. out in our life? The same with our mm-hmm. rising sign and our moon sign Mm -hmm. yeah so like you said the sun is the sign you look to when you're looking at your horoscopes like the month you're born in um so it's not hard to figure that out obviously but the sun really describes like your core identity but also traits that you're constantly working on evolving within yourself so a lot of times people will say like I don't fully resonate with my sun sign like for instance they're a cancer and they don't really understand those traits of like being nurturing or being super family oriented um, and astrology just isn't resonating with them. It's because the sun and your identity is always evolving. So you're always growing into the potential represented by the sun sign traits. Um, but it's really like kind of how you think of yourself and how you approach the world um, in like a more general uh, basis. And then the rising sign for that, you need your exact time of birth because that describes what sign was on the Eastern horizon at the moment you took your first breath. So rising signs, rising sign, you really need exact birth time because it changes like every 15 to 20 minutes. Um, so if you're born like at 45 after the hour, but then you've got the birth time wrong and it was actually five minutes after the next hour, the rising sign could be completely different. Um, but the rising signs, how you present yourself to the world, like how you come across to other people and what traits people might immediately see in you. So it does have like a more surface level aspect, I guess, where it's kind of like what you're immediately projecting before someone fully gets to know you. Um, It also can describe things like personal style, like how you like to look, how you like to dress, um, and also how you approach new and maybe uncomfortable situations. Like, are you more optimistic or are you kind of guarded and it takes a while for you to open up and feel comfortable? So interesting. And then the moon, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I remember you posting a picture with your dad once being like, can't you tell we're both Leo risings? And I didn't understand. Yes. <laughs> like, what did that mean? How by that picture um, could so we tell that? I feel like in that post, we were both looking into a mirror. I think that's the one you might be referring to. Yeah, and yes. kind of like taking selfies of ourselves. Yeah. So Leo rising, a common trait of that is being really obsessed with like how you look and thinking that other people are like watching you at all times. So it can be kind of self-absorbed um, in that aspect, but it's really like just conscious of your appearance. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So we and both then, kind of have that. <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. And then the yeah. moon rise, uh, the moon sign. Yeah. So the moon sign, you also need an exact date of birth. The time isn't so important because the moon stays in one sign of the Zodiac for about two and a half days. So, I mean, sometimes the sign's really crucial if you're on that cusp, but 
for the most part, like an exact day will work. Um, and the moon sign describes your innermost emotional self, the part of yourself that most people don't really get to know unless they're super close to you or they live with you or they're a romantic partner or like a family member. Um, so it's, it's also like those behaviors that you picked up in early childhood that you may re revert back to in the heat of the moment. Um, and it kind of describes the environment in which you grew up and also the relationship with your mom. That's really symbolized by where the moon is in your chart too. Um, yeah. So I would say like innermost emotions, also how you express your feelings. Like, are you someone that's more private about how you feel or do you wear your heart on your sleeve? That type of thing. So interesting. I feel like my stepping into my purpose and kundalini and this whole new life following my truth has aligned me more with my moon sign as well because it's Aquarius and all that yes. Aquarius energy is just like I see it as like truth seeker changing the world and believing in like this optimistic future for us. But yeah, yeah, kind of being able to see the potential of the future that maybe others haven't like caught up to yet. And you kind of fight for change and innovation. Yeah, I love that. I'm like very, that's probably the sign I'm most proud of. I'm like, oh, I have Aquarius <laughs> in my chart yes. because I, I hope for a really positive future. So just taking a break from astrology for a moment, tell us a little bit about like what you're doing now. So I know you said you had your dream job at the time. Right now, I know sometimes you model, sometimes you're reading birth charts, giving mm -hmm. one-on-ones. Tell us a little bit about what you do like day to day. Okay. So day to day, I do a lot of writing for my job. Like I would say that's a majority of what I do. So I write weekly horoscopes for British folks. So that's once a week I sit down to write those and they come out every Tuesday. And then also when I work with fashion brands um, and fashion and beauty brands, a lot of the time I'll write content for their website or their newsletter or Instagram, kind of like more basic generalized um, what what type of outfit to buy based on your sun sign, like that kind of fun, digestible astrology content. I do a lot of that for fashion and beauty brands. And then also I have an astrology podcast. I do that once a week. Um, and what else do I do? Oh, oh, I meet with clients. So I probably, I've scaled back on that a lot more, but I probably meet with like five to six people a week for sessions to let them know like, okay, this is what you can expect in the coming months. Um, the type of astrology I do is more predictive, I would say. So I'm really interested in what phase of life someone is in currently and what they can expect moving forward. So great. I actually had a reading done by you before that event we did and so, it was so on point. And I know yeah. it's so hard to get a reading with you. I've tried so many times after that. I'm like, oh, I, I know. Remember it's when you're crazy. opening up sessions, they go so quick. But so much of what you said, I reflected back on. And it was, it's just amazing how astrology can be so predictive. And something I mm -hmm. love that you do is you refer to like when you're 70 and what's going to happen in your life. Like you can't wait till you're 70. Didn't you share that recently? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That. So, I mean, it's hard to know what the exact details. It's not like I'm a psychic and I can say, oh my God, I'm going to be living in this place when I'm 70. But I can kind of see, like, if I look into my future for like the next 20 years or so, I could see what, when like career peaks come about or when I might have children um, or when I might get married, that, that type of like pivotal life events it's all in astrology. It is incredible. Something you taught me that I think a lot of people don't know is that you're supposed to actually read horoscopes for your rising sign and not your sun sign. Yeah. Can you tell me why yeah. again? 
Yeah. So the way astrologers write horoscopes and me specifically, um, so you kind of set up the chart. So if I'm writing the Aries horoscope, I'm laying out like a whole chart, um, kind of diagram and I'm looking, I'm putting Aries in the first house of the chart and seeing where the other planets currently are in the sky in relationship to that Aries being in the like first foremost part of the diagram. So that's the same as looking at a birth chart of someone that has an Aries rising. So I would say for any type of astrology content you're reading, um, mainly horoscopes that is predictive or telling of the future, you're going to want to look to rising sign instead. So interesting. And I feel like we've gone through our whole lives not doing that. So I'm so excited. I know. (laughs) So since you brought up the houses, I think it's a good time to just like talk about the houses. This is something I definitely want to learn more about and get a little deeper into. Mm -hmm. What are the houses? What do they stand for? What's their significance? Mm -hmm. Okay. So first it's important to start with like what the birth chart is. So that is a map of what was going on in the sky at the moment you were born. Um, and so where the houses are in your chart really depends on what your rising sign is. And so what signs those houses fall into. So a birth chart is, if you're looking at one, it's like a circular, um, diagram. It's a circle. And within that circle, it's divided into 12 pie slice shapes. And those are called the houses. And each of each of the 12 houses, there's 12 of them, is symbolic of a specific area of your life. So it starts with the first house, which is where the rising sign is found. And that's really like your sense of self, like what I was saying earlier about how you present yourself to the world, how you kind of think about yourself. And then going on from there, there's certain houses that correlate to money or daily routines and health or career ambition and public attention or one-on-one relationships, children, home and family, group friendships, um, even specifics like passive income or your partner's finances, like all of that can be seen through the different houses of the chart. Wow. It's so interesting. So everyone has a different characteristic or trait or focus. Yeah. So everyone has all 12 of these houses in their chart and some people based on their birth chart, you're going to have planets activate some houses and not all of them. So a lot of the times people will have their planets clustered in a few houses of the chart, like houses. I have a lot of planets in the sixth house, the seventh house, and the eighth house, but I have none in the ninth, none in the 10th, um, none in the 11th. What does that mean? So it's like, so it's not bad if you have empty houses. It just shows that there's a greater emphasis on my life on themes pertaining to sixth, seventh, and eighth house matters. So the seventh and the eighth in particular, both of those have to pertain to relationships. So I find through my business, a lot of my work comes through teaming up with other people or other people bringing me ideas to build upon. And also having those key like one-on-one relationships rather than huge groups and communities, like that's what I tend to like more of. So it's not that the houses that are empty in your chart, it's not that nothing ever happens there. Like, let's say you don't have any planets in a relationship house. That doesn't mean you're going to be single for the rest of your life because it will get activated at some point by transit. So where the planets currently are in the sky, they make their way around your birth chart at varying speeds and they'll come to every house of the chart. And that's when you'll get activity happen in those houses. Very interesting. 
Okay. That's important yeah. to know now. It I'm can like, get I confusing. Bring... It's like a lot of different layers. Yes. It's like signs, houses, planets. Exactly. And that's where we're going next. We're going to the planets. But I, I just want to go back and look at my birth chart and see like these themes because I, what I like to do with astrology is be observant of my life and then see what truth I could pull from astrology because I know some people I feel like can um, – even like going to a psychic, sometimes the seed can be planted for us. And we're like, oh, they said this. So this must be true. And then we start to project that or manifest that. But I love kind yeah. of doing that in reverse and observing different aspects of my life and then finding that truth in astrology and the evidence that exists yeah. there and all of this ancient wisdom we can access through that. So for the planets, I know everyone has like a different role and a different energy or power that they bring. I believe like Jupiter is all about expansion. So can mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. briefly go through like some of the major planets and what mm -hmm. they offer us? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So there are 10 core planets. Um, we talked about the sun and moon a little, but then the other ones, the other planets that move pretty quickly are Mercury, Venus, and Mars. So Mercury has to do with like how you communicate, how you process your thoughts, what you're interested in learning about, and how you communicate that to other people. Um, Venus has to do, I guess, most obviously with relationships, but kind of more like what are you attracted to? What are your likes and dislikes even beyond relationship related stuff so like what type of music do you like to listen to what type of clothing do you like to buy um, and it also pertains to finances and like your spending habits as well and friendships um, then Mars is really about like how assertive you are and what your like style of getting angry is so are you quick to confront someone or are you a little more passive aggressive that's very much symbolized by Mars and then we get into the outer planets, which are tend to be more generational. So people born in the same year will often have like Jupiter in the same sign because Jupiter takes an entire like 12 month period to go through one sign. So Jupiter, it really depends on like what house it's in in your chart more so than what sign it's in. And Jupiter pertains to higher education, foreign travel, really expanding your horizons, um, having a bigger sense of optimism and growth. Then Saturn, to contrast, is a lot about kind of restriction, but things getting easier as you get older and areas where you have to learn a bunch of like tough lessons in order to become an expert on that part of your life. So Saturn can be really frustrating in the moment, but ultimately it serves to like put these long lasting structures into your life and like really make you focus on a particular area. And then Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are the slowest moving. They take like decades to go through a sign. So these are like very generational. Um, Uranus is all about like independence, freedom, kind of has like a rebellious nature of I want to do what I want to do and no one's going to tell me um, how to act or how to be. And then Neptune is a lot about like mysticism, also like very compassionate and giving, but can sometimes be deceptive and like things are too good to be true or... I'm lacking boundaries in this part of my life. Like I'm too giving to other people in this area. And then Pluto is a lot about like deep inner transformation and often comes with this aspect of like death and rebirth. Sometimes that can be literal, like with Pluto activating a part of your chart, sometimes there is like loss, like someone dying, or it could just be the death of like who you used to be in order to like shed parts of yourself and come into a new sense of self. So Pluto is very intense. Um, it really forces you to look at like your shadow side. Wow. Yeah. And 
I, I was just thinking about how when I, I feel like the world right now is so interested in astrology and I see all the opportunities mm-hmm. that come to you and it's amazing. Like what an amazing time mm-hmm. to be an astrologer because people are really opening up to this. And I had this thought recently because we see so much. I think like our country right now is par- is having its Pluto return, right? Yes. So in America's birth chart, Pluto's in Capricorn, the final degrees of Capricorn. And the last time it was there was over 250 years ago, like in the late 1700s. So it's finally making that return for the first time ever. I have chills. That's really wild. And, you know, we see these things on Instagram or wherever on TikTok that shares about these predictive events that might happen because of this. And Mm -hmm. I'm always so excited about that. I'm like, oh my goodness, this Mm -hmm. is amazing. I'm so excited. But I also think too, um, I think about like the the age of Aquarius and the Piscean age and how these periods of time, like there is no definite date of like when these things Mm -hmm. actually happen. It's kind of like we have to look back and see the trends of that period. We almost have to be Mm -hmm. out of it to see when it's actually taking place. Of course, while you're in it, there's evidence. I already see evidence of us living in the Aquarian age, just having this conversation on a podcast and Mm -hmm. doing what you and I both do. It's it's evidence that we're entering or in the age of Aquarius. But um, it's interesting because I think if people are skeptics, they could say like, oh, well, they predicted this on Instagram for this Pluto return, but it didn't happen. It's like, no, there's Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of things like going on under the scenes, almost like those tectonic plates shifting in the earth and mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that are happen- happening that are shifting us towards this new future based off of the planets. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of like the visual that I got pretty recently. So yeah. So- or I was just going to say um, I, in regards to like the skeptic thing, it's astrology doesn't see, I guess, exact detailed events of what's going to happen. It just kind of shows the potential of energy that'll be there. So with something like COVID, like 2020. 2020 stood out as such a year of like hardship and restriction and kind of um, people not getting along or having like finances feel like more restricted and astrologers weren't sure of like how that was going to manifest and it came up through a pandemic. Wow, I have chills. So something I want to talk about before we talk about the predictions, because I definitely want to get predictions from you for the rest of this month and even the rest of this year, but Saturn return is like such a big deal mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. I think, because in what I do in in meeting with people one-on-one that have are going through spiritual awakenings, having spiritual awakenings, I feel that the time of our Saturn return really helps foster this environment for us to open up spiritually, figure out who we are, what we're meant to be. So much so that when I meet someone like before the age of 27, I'm like, listen, you have so much time. Let Saturn make its return and you're going to figure it all out. So tell us a little bit about about what a Saturn return is and just like some characteristics Mm -hmm. and aspects of that. Yeah. So a Saturn return is when Saturn currently in the sky returns to the same position it was when you were born in your birth chart. Um, and that happens for everyone every 29 years. So you're going to start to feel this from the ages of 28 to 30. That's the first time you get it. But then you also get it again if you live to be in your late 50s and then again in your late 80s. It's just the first one that's probably the most hyped because everyone hasn't experienced it yet. Um, And it's really a transition into adulthood and knowing who you are and kind of breaking free from maybe limitations placed on you throughout the first 
three, is that three decades of your life? Yeah. And kind of just figuring out like your own path and really what you want to, um, hone in on, like, what are your actual talents that you can put forth into your work and really like understand the reality of who you are. Um, so often what comes up with Saturn return is like facing the reality of a relationship and realizing that you don't want to be with this person and they're not like kind of on the same page as you. So it often prompts breakups to happen, but it can also bring a couple closer and it can be a time of greater commitment. So it's kind of showing like, is there longevity in this? And the same applies for like career or living situation. So oftentimes there's like a huge move to maybe another part of the country where that person wants to start over and really um, embark on a major new chapter in their life. And also it can be a time in your career where you're like leveling up and rising to a higher position. Or you can say like, for the majority of my 20s, I wasn't really doing a fulfilling career that I wanted to do. And now it's time to figure out what I'm good at and like what work is the most meaningful to me. So it's really getting to like the core of who you are and moving forward with that. Yeah. During my Saturn return, I got married, I moved and I started mm-hmm. to pursue Kundalini and practice and oh know God. that there was something else that I was meant to do. So it was like a trifecta of change for me all during that one period of time. Yeah. So I also wonder, I feel that people now who are, you know, in their 20s coming up into adulthood, I feel like they're way more in tuned. It's less of like that structure of like, you're supposed to do this more of like, no, I'm going to find what I want to do. And I'm, and there's just so many there's so many more options I feel Mm -hmm. living in the time of like this digital age. And I just wonder how Saturn returns will shift as the collective becomes more aware and conscious of themselves at an earlier age. I wonder if it'll be a lot easier, right? Because oftentimes Saturn return, if you're not like living out your true potential and not listening to your intuition of like who you need to be, it can be really frustrating. Cause you're like, why am I so long? Why am I no longer interested in this stuff I thought I should be doing? But if you're already in tune with that part of yourself, it can be a great time of reaching higher levels of success or getting like recognition to your name. So I feel like they'll have an easier time. Honestly, they seem, I mean, I have a little sister who's 20 yeah, she's 20 years old now. And she's just so much more wise than I was in college and like knows what she wants to do. Doesn't put up with anything from boys. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had Isn't that this amazing? personality. It's amazing to watch that evolution happen. And I agree mm-hmm. because I've heard a lot of other people like talk about a Saturn return as something dreadful. Meanwhile, I was like, it was the best time of my life. There were so many amazing transformations. So it's really, I guess, about mm-hmm. that inner work that you're doing mm-hmm. before And of course, what life has in store for you and what your chart has in store for you then. So do you want to talk a little bit about the conjunction that just happened, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction? Yeah, that one I do feel is like a little overhyped. Like it it was just everywhere on social media. And I feel like that's part of a longer trend. So for people that don't know, Jupiter and Neptune met up at 20, I think it was 23 or 24 degrees of Pisces. And They haven't met up in the same sign since 2009, but it was in Aquarius and they haven't met up in Pisces for over 150 years now. So this was looked at as a more major kind of defining transit of 2022. But I look at it as like the whole 
five-month period, Jupiter's been in Pisces throughout 2022. Um, and kind of just that conjunction is maybe the major peak of it, but you've already seen themes of it going on for a few months now. And Jupiter and Neptune, when they come together, it can symbolize a period of like leaning more into things like astrology and like mysticism or meditation and wanting to really connect to something bigger than yourself. Um, and also having like a creative streak or more creative inspiration and wanting to share that. So, um, you might see like, I feel like it's kind of more like what you were saying after the fact, it becomes more apparent of what was going on in 2022. So maybe there are like a lot of artistic creations that come out of this year, but they aren't visible until the following years. Um, also what's interesting is Neptune's like a lot about deception and, things seem seeming too good to be true. Um, and literally like all the movies that are popular on like Netflix and Hulu right now are about like, like the Elizabeth Holmes stuff, like people that are like frauds and scammers. And it's so interesting that that's like a cultural obsession during this Jupiter Neptune conjunction. It's like a peaked interest in that kind of stuff. I have chills because I was thinking about that too, not necessarily astrology related, just like as a collective, how, because I know first it was um, Anna Delvey, and then after that it was the mm-hmm. Tinder Swindler. Yeah, Tinder Swindler. I feel like I'm going to say it like wrong. The bad vegan. Yeah, it's like crazy. Yes, it like really once a is. week, it's one of these movies. And then I'm like, wait, is this like programming, or is this what we're interested in right now? Like, what is this that's happening? <laughs> like, I don't understand why is there such a, a focus right now on on like scamming. So I always clear my energy field of that because that's obviously a low oh my vibration. God, I love that. But really yeah. fun to watch. I really enjoyed Anna mm-hmm. Delvey. But um, I talk, I tried to talk like her for like a month later. It was just fun to watch. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just like an interesting energy for sure. That's definitely mm-hmm. hanging over in the collective. And of course, it relates to astrology, which is not a coincidence. Yeah. So Tell us a little bit about any major events that are going to happen this month, next month, or even for the rest Mm -hmm. of this year. Yeah, so there's a lot coming up in late April, May. Um, So great time to talk. Uh, So first we have these eclipses. They've shifted to Taurus and Scorpio. So there's always two parts of the year where there's a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. And then six months later, there's another solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. And they happen across two signs in the zodiac that are opposite to one another. So they've recently shifted out of Gemini and Sagittarius. And now they're in Taurus and Scorpio. And the first solar eclipse in Taurus is on April 30th. And then the first lunar eclipse in Scorpio is on May 15th. And those eclipses tend to bring up a lot of change and like kind of fast developments and setting off on like a new direction for the six months that follow. So it's really important, like if you have your birth chart, looking at what areas are ruled by Taurus and Scorpio, like what houses are Taurus and Scorpio in your chart? Because that can tell you a lot about where you're going to be experiencing that change and quick developments. So for you, Erica, um, I'm literally Taurus writing this down. House. <laughs> yeah. So for you, Taurus is your 10th house of career and public attention and kind of um, that solar eclipse on April 30th will set off a six month phase of really growing and expanding within your career and maybe getting more attention or starting a new chapter, or major new project. It all um, makes so sense. So that's what you can expect. I can't wait to share, but it all makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I'm so excited. 
That's and, and that's the also, same for you because you're we have the same rising. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, so and the, those eclipses, it's not just April, May. It's also the next time we get to Scorpio season. So late October, November, there'll be another round of eclipses in these signs, and then again in the spring of 2023, and finally it wraps up in the fall of 2023. So it's a two-year-long process of those parts of your chart getting like an entire reworking and experiencing multiple changes going on there so maybe something you start right after this solar eclipse on april 30th maybe something started this summer or this spring continues to develop and won't come full circle until the fall of 2023 wow oh my gosh okay i'm literally yeah, so eclipses right are exciting because they really get stuff going they set change in motion like things maybe you've wanted to happen for a while now um it presents that opportunity to start it that is so exciting i can't wait for eclipse yeah. season oh. so i know that you practice kundalini is there do you mm-hmm. feel like meditation or kundalini specifically has connected you even deeper to astrology or deeper to your work in any way i feel like well my astrology was very what was going on for me in like 2020 and 2021 was very much about like needing to go within start a meditation practice. So I found Kundalini at that time when my chart kind of said I would find something like that. Um, I don't do it as much now, but it was really helpful to like manifest certain things I wanted to happen in my life based on what was going on in my chart. So like I wanted a work opportunity. I feel like tuning into Kundalini and, um, working towards that just like helped bring it up faster and just so, gave me yeah, like more confidence so in myself. And I think that's so on point about how it helps to activate what's already in our path, what either the planets or our life path already has destined for us. It helps to bring us closer to that destiny because every day we have the choice to live our fate or our destiny. Mm-hmm, and by practicing that, um, it really helps to mm-hmm. activate that within ourselves and and pull that towards us, choo- choosing that higher life path. So yeah, I need to get back into it. Yes. Oh, yeah, I can I help you. No worries. It. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So the last yes. thing I wanted to ask is if anyone wants to learn about astrology, I know you, you taught yourself a lot. I was so mm-hmm. blown away when you shared that. But, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people need help, need guidance. So yeah. what are some tips that you would offer? Because I, I want to know mm-hmm, this answer. Mm-hmm. I'm very guided to start learning mm-hmm. more about astrology. And I just have to say, yes. you wrote that in um, your most recent horoscope for Leo Rising, that this is a time oh for us to like learn more, maybe do a class oh or a course and I was interested in yours so tell us tell us how we can learn more yes so I do have yes so I do have two courses available I have one um so first to rewind a little I have a podcast called astrology and you so that's great for free content um figuring out maybe the basics like I have whole podcast episodes on the houses and then also on the sun moon rising so maybe starting there and if you want to go deeper and really figure out the details of your birth chart and teach yourself how to read that really well I have a course that I did with my podcast co-host it's called mastering birth charts and it's about eight lessons long and it really gets into like the nitty-gritty of understanding the different elements of your birth chart and practicing reading for other people and then I also have another course on transits so kind of what I was talking about the predictive side of astrology how to get more into that and understand how to um, look that up in your chart and realize like when are you gonna have a work change or when are you gonna be in a relationship that kind of futuristic side of astrology 
Thank you so much. Any? Yeah. And then I also have like I also have like a list of book okay. recommendations on my website. Okay. Amazing. Say your website one more time, just in case. AliceBellAstrology.com. And it looks so amazing. It is so yes. such a reflection of oh, you, your you. style. I just love. I feel like you are just like so timeless, and um, you just have such a great sense of style and it carries through through what you wear and your website and your posts and your fonts it's just all so beautiful beautifully done so what's your instagram where can people find you Uh, my Instagram is Stock Alice. Been trying to change that name, but it is S T A L K A L I C E. And then my website, like I said, is alicebellastrology.com. And my podcast Amazing. is Astrology. Thank and you, you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. Yeah, I'm so excited. Of course, yeah, of course. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm so excited to personally go deeper. And I always look at your um, your content, everything you share. It's just so informative and really supportive during these times. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes, message me about like wanting to learn astrology. I want to talk with you about that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for coming and thank you everyone for listening in. If you want to reach out to Alice, please check out her website or her Instagram. She's an amazing follow. So please take a look and follow along there. And if you're interested in her program, that might be something really great to go deeper within astrology. So thank you guys for listening in. Thank you, Alice, for being here. And I hope to see you you soon.